0: You are listening to the Effective Statistician Podcast, a weekly podcast with Alexander Schacht and Benjamin Pieske, designed to help you reach your potential, lead great science and serve patients without becoming overwhelmed by work. Today we are talking about visualization and specifically a checklist that helps you to produce better graphics. It's available on the homepage. I'll have a link there to this awesome checklist that was produced by some colleagues at Novartis. Data visualization is a really important topic because if we can't communicate our data well, if you can't get others to understand the data, then we have failed on our job. Because then all the work that we have spent in designing a good study, then all the work that we have spent in working with our colleagues to get quality data, all the work that we spent on specification of the analysis and reviewing these, all of this work doesn't really get to the benefit of the end user if they don't understand the data and the conclusions. So. I really, really urge everybody to spend more time on visualization of the data. And today we are going through a checklist that helps you to do this step by step. And you can download this checklist by just going over to theeffectivestatistician.com. In terms of visualization, I'm really, really intrigued by this topic and I'm sharing a lot of further content, but not on this podcast on LinkedIn. So follow me on LinkedIn and you'll receive much more content there. Not only about visualization, but also. I'm producing this podcast in association with PSI, a community dedicated to leading and promoting the use of statistics within the healthcare industry for the benefit of patients. Join PSI today to further develop your statistical capabilities with access to the video-on-demand content library, free registration to the many 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 different PSI webinars and much much more. Head over to psiweb.org to learn more about PSI activities and become a PSI member today. So let me run you through this Graphic Principles Sheet Sheet that some really nice and very, very experienced colleagues at Novartis published. It's a great source that I'm using myself to remind uh, us of all the different things that we need to know about visualization. Of course, there's not everything in these two pages, but there's quite a lot. And if you take into account all these different things, then you're already quite well on your way. So it starts really with the most basic principles here in terms of making clear that visualization is a communication tool. And when you look into visualization, you first need to understand your why. Do you wanna explain something or do you want to explore something? So, is it some? Uh, is it more kind of an interactive tool for exploratory visualization, or is it more um, a tool to message something, to tell a story? And be, to be clear on that is the first point because that drives then lots of further design changes. The second part is then to identify what story you want to tell, especially if you have some explanatory work that you want to tell about. There, it's really important to be very, very specific what's the story that you want to tell, not just tell, I want to show this data or something like this. It needs to be very, very crisp. And the more crisp you are, the easier it will get to the finish line. If you are... If you have contradicting understanding of the stories and what you want to explore, then what kind of questions you have for the exploratory part, then you will come up with um, contradicting requests to um, produce the visualization. The next part is then the who. Identify the intended audience. Do you? Present to an internal small team of specialists, which, you know, then you have something that is highly scientific and, you know, with all the bells and whistles and maybe also pretty complex. Or do you have something that you present to a lay audience? And then it needs to be really simple and easy to understand and, you know, something that maybe they already have seen. Um, Throughout the COVID-19 crisis, we have seen how the public got more and more um, used to graphs, uh, all kind of different graphs. So I think in terms of that, the, the literacy has actually improved. And then understand how the audience will interact with the visualization. Is it in a report where they, you know, read and have a lot of time, but there's no one presenting it? Or is it on a a stage where the presenter will spend 30 minutes to talk you through the visualization, or maybe only 30 seconds to talk you through the visualizations? Is it on an internet site? Will people see it on their smartphone? All these things have an impact on the visualization. So... Be clear about these things first before you start with your visualization. The next column here in the Graphics Principles cheat Sheet, sheet uh, talks about the principles of effective graphic design. And there's like a lot of different points that you can have in the back of your mind or that you can you know, check from time to time while you are producing your visualization. So the first point here is proximity group related elements together so this is especially in terms of comparisons yeah things that are wide apart from each other are more harder to compare than to uh, clo- things that are close to each other so for example if your primary purpose is uh to compare gender and you ha- also have time in it, then put the gender next to each other and the time far away from each other so that it's easy to understand. Alignment. Elements on the same vertical or horizontal plane are perceived as having similar properties. Alignment is anyway a really good point to make sure that. Um, things are easy to grasp, that it's not so cluttered. Um, so that is really important. Simplicity. It's like with any design. The less you have in the design, the better it becomes, not the other way around. So try to cut out anything that is not adding values here, like grid lines or multiple different fonts or tick marks, or um, things that are very bold, or you know, underlines, or all kinds of these different things. Also in terms of alignment, if you have all your visual elements uh, nicely aligned, that also helps to have simplicity. Especially put attention to color. If your chart looks like a rainbow, there's too many colors. Try to reduce it to two or three colors. Use white space or empty space. Yeah. So if your background is black, then it's black space. If your background is orange, it's orange uh, space because that makes it easy to understand, to read. If you look into, into a book, yeah, there is lots of white space on the page. Yeah. There's all these, you know, areas and that helps to guide the reader through it. And in a similar way, use white space to guide the viewer through your visualization. Legibility. Sans serif fonts are easier to read on a visualization. Those so with serifs are made mostly for newspapers and things like this, where you have big boxes of text. And then the serifs help you to. Better see the lines and uh, enhance the re- uh, readability. But for the visualization, use sans serif fonts like Arial or things like that. Color, color is sometimes given by you know branding and other uh, type of things. But use color in such a way that it's not distracting. Um, make sure that it's consistent across all your different visualizations. And for mostly choose it intentionally. We'll go into color a little bit uh, more at a at a different point. Visual hierarchy. There's lots of different things that you can do in terms of to create a hierarchy. For example, if you have color, yeah. Gray is a really nice color to uh, have visual hierarchy. Yeah. So, so if there's something red that stands out and then there's different shades of gray to put different hierarchies in it. And image size is also, of course, something, you know, something that is big uh, stands out like your title should stand out, but maybe the annotations of your axis should be much smaller and make sure that you have a good placing of the design, especially for, let's say, exploratory visualization, make sure that there where you have kind of the elements with which you want to select something, with which you want to kind of have the interactivity, that's on the right space. So if they're, for example, very, very important, put them on the top left, because usually People read a chart in kind of a Z way. So so they start at the top left, go to the top right, then to the bottom left, to the bottom right. So follow this Z area to place those elements that are most important. That's why a title should be top left, because usually you want to first read the title and maybe some references and annotations on the bottom right. Focal points. Primary area of interest that I immediately attract the eye. Emphasize the most important concept and make it your focal point. There it is especially important to use color. Yeah. So with color, it's like this, you know, think of the red beetle that is in a big car park. There's probably lots of blue and dark and gray. Uh, cars and then there's this one red beetle in the middle of it. Well, you see it directly, and it's the same with the visualization. Yeah, make sure that you have a clear focal point. What thing do you want to have stand out? There's again kind of you know gray, a gray color to put you know all the other things uh, into the background. That can also include, for example, um, legends or the axes themselves. You can put some more in the background, especially, of course, grid lines, if you need to use them at all. Repetition. Repeating elements uh, can be visually very, very appealing. So that way you may also make it easier to understand what, which things belong together. Yeah. So if you have uh the same labels uh across all your different visualizations that helps also you can um for example have uh in your title yeah you speak maybe uh, about a specific brand and then you put the um uh form of this brand name let's say, in blue, and the respective line in the chart is also blue. And then it's directly clear that this line corresponds to this blue written brand, Or it's red in, in the title, and yes, then of course, you should use red also for the corresponding um, elements in your visualization. Be consistent. Yeah, so this is really important. Um, if you have um, a dashboard and on all these different elements of the dashboard, the color means something different, it gets really, really confusing. So, um, especially if you have, let's say, lots of visualizations that you produce from the same uh, data source, I can highly recommend to have something like that's similar to a brand book. You know, so where you describe all the different features of your data and how it should be visualized, visualized which, which colors should be used for these different categories that, that you have. So this is um, about the planning and the principles of the effective graphic design. Let's give next in terms of the uh, sheet sheet what we have here in terms of effectiveness ranking. So um, there's lots of different uh, elements that you can use in your visualization, but they are not equally um, good to describe certain numerical values. So. If you want to describe something like this, so for example, weight or height or severity or things like that, then um, there is the least accurate as the volumes, so boxes and um, balls and things like that. And the best one is position on a common scale. So, for example, think about... Uh, bar charts, yeah, vertical or horizontal bar charts or dot plots. And in between, there's a lot of other things. Yeah. So, um, categorical color or color hue, yeah, is, is also on the least accurate part. Um, and positions on an unaligned scale, uh, is more on the accurate part, but not the most accurate one. So, for example, if you have small multiples and you have these different bars across these different small multiples, it's still kind of understanding, um, but it still can be understood, but it's not that easy, yeah? And so that shows you why certain graph types are more effective for certain things than fathers. And here you can also see why, for example, um, the pie chart very often shouldn't be used. Yeah, so because uh, so it's very often not easy. If you have, for example, multiple things that you want to uh, show, yeah, multiple, let's say, numerical ver- uh, uh, values, like, for example, uh Let's say severity of a disease, as well as um, maybe the severity of certain side effects, um, and you also have time in it. Then you know you need to choose what is most important. Yeah, maybe you want to just choose severity of the. Uh, disease and use that as your line. Uh, and then the severity of the side effects are then the color, yeah, which also color intensity. Uh, it's, it's not as good, of course, as the, as a line, but it's maybe less important. If see however, the, um, it's the other way around and you want to more highlight the AEs, and the severity of the disease is second, then it's the other way around, yeah? And uh, your line should display the severity of the ease and the color density could be the severity of the the disease. So, think about what is what is most important for you and choose your graphical uh, representation in such a way that best shows it. The next part uh, in the Visualization Cheat Sheet is uh, selecting the right base graph. And there's lots of them. Yeah, So there's lots of inspiration in terms of what type of graph you can use. There's, for example, by the Financial Times, there's a nice kind of overview of chart times. There are... um from R and from Google and from all kinds of different areas there's different uh, chart types. You can use these as as an inspiration as well. So here we have, let's say, a lot of more commonly used uh, chart types for um, different purposes. The first is you want to show some kind of deviation. So for example, you want to, show a change from baseline, yeah? Then these uh, such a line graph or a waterfall pl- uh, graph is nice. So the a waterfall graph with these um, bars going up and down are also nice for, let's say, uh, showing some kind of cost structure, yeah? where you have um, all the positive elements, so um, let's say all the income, um, in blue pointing upwards, uh, so that you get to the total income, and then you start moving down with some kind of red bars that show all the things that uh, are then the costs, and then the difference between you know all the blues and all the reds is uh, what's there in the end. Um, correlation, says you know scatter plots are really good. Uh, heat map can also be used. Um, it depends a little bit on uh, what you want to show. Ranking, I really like the horizontal bar charts there. Yeah, so where you order by the different lengths and uh, you've probably seen these kind of race charts uh, that you can very easily do with Flourish where you have these horizontal bar charts over time. So, for example, the musicians with the biggest income over time and then you see there. I don't know, the Beatles and then the Eagles and then you see Rihanna later or whoever, yeah, and you see how these ranking changes over the decades. Distribution, I think, is really good. Uh, you can have there a the, you know most commonly used probably the box plot, uh, violin plots, uh, histograms. Um, there's lots of uh, things around that, and I, I really like these distribution charts because they show you um, not just the mean plus-minus confidence intervals and things like this, but they give you really a good view of where are the outliers, where is most of your say, population or most of your data, and um, especially if you have large numbers of data points, um, it gets really difficult to show the individual data. And therefore, then showing these uh, distributions with box plots or histograms is really good. If you have some kind of evolution over time, yes, yeah, then there is kind of having a, a line plot where, um, where you see, for example, kind of, you know, the t- this typical charts that you see from, um, let's say, from the uh, stock market or things like this. Or for um, time-to-event analysis, of course, it's a commonly used Kaplan-Meier plot. So there it's basically you know, an inverted uh, uh, cumulative distribution function. Part-to-whole. So we often see there as the a pie chart. Yeah, so if you want to show kind of how your part-to-whole is, <laughs> lots of people go to the pie chart. Uh, I think there is rarely the case that you should use a pie chart unless you want to show some type of majority vote. Yeah, that's why I think it's very often used, for example, with uh, votings and polls. Yeah, and you want to show, okay, for which type of coalition you have with the majority. Yeah, or does set candidate versus uh, wins versus the other candidate. And then that's uh, a possible one. But stack bar charts is also really nice. So stack bar, so that it comes up to 100%. Some people also use this tree maps where you see all these different boxes. I think they are very often very distracting. Um, There might be use cases for that, but um, if you have lots of lots of different categories... But probably in these type of situations, I would just show kind of a a horizontal bar chart. It gets otherwise pretty messy, also with legends and things like this. Magnitude. Well, there is the bar chart. Probably one of the most used uh, elements in terms of uh, graphs. Or the forest plot, yeah? Um, Being really, really prevalent in all the kind of evidence-based research in medicine, where you have meta-analysis and then you see all the different results from the different studies as confidence intervals. And they are organized uh, vertically, yeah? Because that's very easy then to compare all these different uh, confidence intervals. And then at the end, you have your overall confidence interval, your overall uh, mean uh, effect size. Now, the next part, of the um, graphics p- principles, cheat sheet talks about facilitating comparisons. So the first is something that is really important: is place labels next to the data. Yeah. So often we have legends somewhere that you can just you know um, get rid of. Yeah. And if you get rid of something, that's always a good thing. Yeah. So as I talked about earlier, simplicity is important. So if you have three different lines, for example, then put the uh, labels for that directly next to the lines. And even better, if you then put the labels in the same color as these lines. Yeah. And if you have that in your, um, For example, if you have lots of data points, then uh, you can have that as well. Or maybe for exploratory analysis, you have these hover-over functions and then the label appears next to the element. If you want to compare something, then put it next to each other. So if you want to compare multiple lines, they should be on the same graph and not on different graphs. Yeah. So of course, there's certain, sometimes it's really nice to use these small multiples. Maybe you can also combine it. Yeah. Having different small multiples and uh, so small multiples. If, if you have basically the same graph for lots of different uh, aspects, um, for example, there's a nice example, um, showing the COVID-19 data and the, Access in terms of deaths for the first wave in 2020 uh, for lots of different um, countries or regions, and you can see then there kind of um, the for each the, uh, each region the expected death rate. And then over time also the um, actual death rate and then the difference is marked in red and so you get these different areas of red in these different small multiples. And um, you get some kind of um, understanding there. But of course, it's much easier if you have, you know, if you're going to compare lines and see that directly next to each other. So you can directly see, where is one line above the other and where it's below the other. Ease of visual inspection is the next part. Ordering values helps so much, especially if you have lots of different values and you have, you know, kind of arbitrary categories. So, For example, if you have the different states of the US, of course you can order them alphabetically, if you want to make it very easy to find where your state is, that very often it's much better to order them by the size. Yeah, so by the size of the effect that you want to show. So if you, for for example, want to show the average income of these different states, then order them according to their average income. Then you get directly also some kind of distribution of all these, and you can also see directly the ranking of all these. So that makes it much easier. If you use uh, these um, means plus minus confidence intervals, unless you show them over time, I always recommend to show them kind of in a, on a common vertical scale, so below each other. Uh, I had, for example, very, very good results for that for subgroup analysis. So showing some kind of treatment effect of one therapy versus the other or two different doses for lots of different subgroups. And that um, you know, in a vertical, on a vertical scale was really effective. Reduce mental arithmetic. If you are interested in the difference, maybe just plot the difference. If you're interested in the odds ratio, well, plot the odds ratio. That way, you can get rid of lots of lots of information. Yeah. So, especially, let's say you want to show have a you know three different categories, standard, and then you have uh, let's say this one innovation and the other innovation. Now you can show all these thre- three different lines. Yeah. Um, or you can show the difference of innovation one versus the standard, and innovation two versus the standard, and that way you already, instead of having kind of uh, all these different comparisons that people need to grasp, you directly see the comparison, and of course that also means it's it's more decluttered. Of course, you then don't see kind of where 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 the basis is, so to say, but. It helps a lot. The other thing is having kind of reference lines. Yeah, so the, probably the most common use reference line is, you know, if you show differences, it's a line of zero. Or if you show ratios, the line of one. But there can be lots of other things. So one of the um, best examples of that is probably in this famous flatten the curve visualization where you have, this line that shows what is the capacity of the health system. And by doing something yeah, to have some kind of measurements, you press the distribution, you press the curve below this line and you flatten it. And this line really helped to convey the message much better. So use in a conscious way, Lines and things like that to show what is important. Yeah? When, for example, is a certain threshold map? Um, when are you better than last year? Uh, when do you reach a goal? When does it become dangerous? Uh, so these type of things. Okay, let's go now to the last part here on the first page of the uh, Novata Sheet Sheet. Say it's about color. Color is really, really important. And as I mentioned before, avoid these rainbow charts. Yeah. So make it as simple as uh, possible. Uh, less different cues uh, is is really important. If you want to have things like divergent aspects, yeah, good and bad, positive and negative. Uh, very strong on one hand, or very strong on the other hand. Then use, you know, um, colors like blue and red, uh, so colors that complement each other. And there's lots of different nice tools you can use to uh, to choose color from, and that will give you these um, yeah, colors that are on a divergent color scheme. So use these, uh, and you can also have, like shown on this uh, sheet sheet, can highlight with these different parts. Yeah. So if you have a waterfall plot, like I mentioned earlier, then all the positive ones become the blue and all the negative ones become the red. Be consistent in terms of uh, use of your color. Yeah. So especially if there's, for example, across an exploratory visualization or within a report or within a, a poster, yes, yeah, then... Um, Treatment A should always be blue and treatment B should always be orange and not sometimes red and sometimes, um, uh, brown or whatever. Should be self-explaining, but still you see very often that it's, that it's something that people don't pay attention to. Use color or bold or saturated or, um, you know, other areas to emphasize what you want to most important. For example, if you have lots of different lines across, let's say, different calendar years, yeah? 20, uh, 2010, 2011, and so on, up to 2020, maybe put all the lines of uh, the decade in gray and just 2020 in red so that you can directly see, okay, what was, what's happening this year compared to all the other years. Emphasize the data by minimizing unnecessary ink. So soften grid lines, soften uh, axes, soften labels, soften anything that is you know further reference or nice to have. And you can soften it maybe so fast that nobody can see it anymore, then just put it out. Yeah, so. Um, make sure that the data that you want to show, the data points that you want to show, really stand out. So this is the first part of uh, the Novata Cheat Sheet. And in the next part, we'll go to the second one. This show was created in association with PSI. Thanks to Rain, who helps with the show in the background. And thank you for listening. Head over to theaffectivestatistician.com to find the show notes. You will also find more episodes and more content to help you boost your career as a statistician. If you haven't done so, head over to LinkedIn and follow me there to get even more content, especially also on visualization. Reach your potential, lead great science and serve patients. Just be an effective statistician.